And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, and welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, and today we're going to talk with John and Mary Jo Dunlevy, the founders of Affordable Recovery Housing. I'm an attorney and a partner at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. We do everything from zoning to estate planning, not-for-profit administration to religious freedom. You can find out more about us by going to MalkBaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call 312-726-1243. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter to keep up to date on developments about faith and the law. John and Mary Jo Dunlevy are the founders of Affordable Recovery Housing, a faith-based recovery housing organization striving to end homelessness by providing overnight lodging, meals, job training, medical help, and other services to men and women fighting drug and alcohol addiction. Their vision is to help individuals reach their full potential through guidance, discipline, and direction. And their main focus is relying on God is the most necessary part of that recovery. John and Mary Jo, welcome to this show. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. Uh, delighted to have you. Um, as you know, I have you on the show because I have firsthand knowledge of the work that you're doing and am very grateful to you. You've also been a client of our firm. Um, maybe I'll start with you, John. John, tell us a little bit about affordable recovery. Um, where are you located and what are you doing? And I'll uh, work with you on that because it's a very broad question. Uh, our address is uh, 13811 Southwestern. Uh, it's in Blue Island, Illinois, which is a suburb just south of Chicago. Um, what we do is we help uh, people, homeless people, uh, that uh, have substance abuse, mental illness issues. We house them. We get them jobs. Uh, and we provide uh, uh, recovery services for them. We're also licensed by the state. Well, let's look a little bit more at, at those different aspects. Um, so how are you um, helping the homeless with, with the housing? What, what does the program look like? If, if uh, somebody were to call up and say, um, and I'll just give an example, I'm, I'm about to get out of jail and I don't have a place to go. Can you take me? Mary Jo, go ahead. The first process is... Uh, Usually, because uh, they do have a relationship with IDOC, which is an Illinois Department of Corrections, and Cook County. So they call in and they do a pre-screen. Um, we do not take uh, violent sex offenders or ars- anybody charged with arson. So um, basically, the people that are calling in are on some minor drug charges or you know, revoke license driving on that. So once they establish that they meet the criteria of the program, then they come in. And um, 
you have a good relationship with the parole officers. The parole officers come here and they check up on them. So this is a, a, a recovery program. Not only do you house people and take them in, whether it be from the street or from, let's say, coming out of Cook County Jail, but then you also are working with them with the problems that they have. And part of that is recovery. So alcohol abuse or drugs are part of that. Is that correct? That is correct. And that's the number one uh, focus when they enter the door, because if they can arrest their um, addiction, then they become a productive member of society by obtaining employment. So how do you work with them with that addiction? What, what, what programs are you offering? Well, we have uh, programs like every night. There's recovery education, um, life skills. Everybody needs life skills. Um, then we have peer-led groups. They're like self-help meetings, AA, NA, that they attend. And they are required to, uh, to go to these programs. Um, so they attend Monday through Friday, either at 10 a.m. in the morning or 6 p.m. at night, the programs that we're offering, the services. Uh, this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the law firm of Malk and Baker. Today, John and Mary Jo Dunlevy, founders of Affordable Recovery Housing, are with us to discuss their growing organization and the road ahead for them. Uh, Mary Jo, maybe I'll turn it over to John for a second. Um, so you offer housing, you offer uh, recovery. What else is part of that program? Uh, we offer jobs. We get them employment. We also help them if they need their IDs to get to the job. We also offer transportation. Um, the whole idea is to provide everything for them so they could focus on uh, why they're here is for their their uh, mental and, and substance abuse issues. The more we provide that for them, they don't have to worry about moving their bed. Uh, they they have uh, a huge opportunity that uh, that other stuff it won't matter because we got that covered for them. So tell me more, John. Let me interrupt you there. Tell me more about. What kind of jobs? How, how do you get these jobs, and, and what kind of jobs uh, do you get for your residents? We start them out in, in staffing jobs. So their mind bodies uh, are not accustomed to uh, being productive. So we start them with staffing companies. That the Staffing companies rely on us to provide uh, 40 people or 100 people at uh, one job for them or two jobs that they have. It's much easier for them to call us one phone call. They could have 40 people on the bus, or they'd have to call 200 people just to have 40 people answer their phone. So it helps them out, and they're also flexible with them. They allow them to take off a day without losing their job to go to court or go to a doctor's appointment because they're also cleaning up um, their past pretty much. And it don't matter to them because we if 40 people are scheduled to go, and two have to go to the doctor. It don't matter. We put two more in their place. So the value that our men and women, uh, they're assets. They're, they're, our men and women are assets to the companies, to the community. So you're providing a, I, a tremendous service in that, um, let's say, a company needs uh, labor, and you can provide 
a lot of men and women for that job with just one call. And guarantee it. I happen to know for a fact, uh, um, one of the persons that I know that's involved in your program, he's actually now uh, working full time for a particular company. It's a union job. He has medical benefits and uh, it has been a wonderful stabilitating factor for him to be able to to uh, have this employment. So I'm, I personally am very impressed uh, when I see the kind of uh, work that you're beginning to work with. But, John, I think there's a lot more going on here. You're, you're at one site uh, in one town right now. You have offers and, and opportunities for jobs uh, and a need from the county uh, for housing. Uh, so what's in the future for your organization here? Well, we have, an, we have access to over 300 uh, vacant schools, commons, and rectories that we could uh, possibly wipe out homelessness in Illinois. Um, and uh, the, we just have our issues with uh, municipalities. They don't want us in their backyard. Well, let's talk a little okay. bit about that. That's actually how we got to know you beginning, uh, I don't know, was it 2013 or 2014? 2012. I'm sorry, going all the way back then. So tell us just a little <laughs> bit about how how did you encounter Malkin Baker? He, what they do is, and you got to look at uh, their point of view too. Is the municipalities look at that a bunch of alcoholics and drug addicts that have some mental illness um, are living under one roof in their community is not a good idea. But they but they fail to realize that when there's no drugs and no alcohol and the services that are provided. Uh, there is no issue. There isn't, and they look at it as the housing, the housing values will drop and crime goes up. And there's been no data to back that up. It's actually complete opposite. Uh, again, when you take the drugs and alcohol from the situation, uh, we all behave and become human again. And I'm speaking uh, for myself as well. Uh, 14 years clean and sober, I was the same problem. Uh, but uh, uh, the municipalities, though, they use all their codes and ordinances to to keep you out of their backyard. So, so John, I'm I'm hearing a world of stories just in the few sentences you just said in terms of your own life, your own recovery, um, but also with regard to the difficulty that your ministry is having uh, in growing because of um, what we we call in my office NIMBY, which is not in my backyard. The, the syndrome that is is common everywhere and understandable that people fear uh, uh, a ministry like yours in their community. In the area that you've been in, in Blue Island, what is the effect of your ministry on the area around it? Has it been a negative? Well, we've been in existence since 2003, and you know, there was only four incidents that actually happened in the Blue Island location. That wasn't really nothing. It was just it happened inside, and it was resolved. Nobody was arrested. It wasn't that big of a deal. Either one of them. Uh, John, and, coming up, we're near a break here. So coming up, we will talk further with John and Mary Jo uh, about the importance of Affordable Recovery's mission and what's in store for us in the future.
Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, partner in the law firm at Malkin Baker, and we're talking with John and Mary Jo Dunleavy of Affordable Recovery Housing, an organization that helps rehabilitate recovering addicts. You know, that title, uh, Helps um, Rehabilitate Recovering Addicts, doesn't really cover the breadth of all that uh, your ministry is doing. Uh, when we uh, went on break, we were talking a little bit about um, how your ministry was established and the problems you had uh, when you began. I know that the uh, ministry is located in a uh, Catholic convent and former high school, and that when you came to Blue Island um, and started this ministry, the city wasn't overly joyed with your arrival. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And, and I go with um, John on that part, and then Mary Jo will pick up with you. Okay. Um, yeah, the city, first they started working with us, and then they changed course. I don't know. It's political. I don't know what happened. But anyways, they they were following the 2003 Life Saves Code, which didn't require sprinklers at the time, and they were saying that we needed sprinklers, and then they adopted in the dark of the night uh, the... the for the 2012 Life Safety Code, which requires sprinklers, and neither fire chief, there was two fire chiefs at the time, and the building commissioner didn't know that they changed the codes to 2012. So, so John, let me ask you, uh, I think probably a lot of our listeners don't know about this. Well, what's the big deal about changing the code and putting in fire sprinklers? Why why don't you just do that? Well, well, it's, it's easier said than done because it went, went non-for-profits, we, we're self-supporting. We don't, we get very little, I think, like 5% funding through state uh, contracts. The rest of it, the guys pay their program fees. We get them a job and they pay program fees. So, well, we're always rubbing nickels together to keep it going. Well, the sprinkler systems are very expensive. State-of-the-art fire alarm systems that they require are expensive. But the... Uh, they're, uh, what they use is the codes against uh, our, us and our, our clients, and they're using them like for custodial care, that we're bedridden and pe- people can't get out of bed quick, and um, they can't uh, leave the facility quick, which is completely wrong. No so, matter what we said or what we did. So what I'm hearing you saying, John, is that, that the municipality was using the code as a way to close you down rather than as a necessity for safety uh, with regard to um, fire and other um, things that might happen. Absolutely. And since the... Uh, I, oh, go ahead, Mary Jo. What were you going to say? Can I piggyback on that? Please do. When this um, there, when we moved in here, there were nine nuns living in another building, and most of them were in their 80s and 90s, convalescent. And... They wanted us to put the sprinkler system in where we have adult men and women, but never mentioned the safety of the nuns that had been there since they've been 18 years old. So I, they were not enforcing that code on that building. They said that was grandfathered in. So we didn't understand why we weren't grandfathered in. Um, but we were here before they changed the code. So Yeah, we were here before... So what happened if, if they're requiring this very, very expensive system, uh, not necessary because there are other ways to accomplish the safety that was necessary. How, how did you, what happened? How did you get around it? Well, we did install the, uh, 
the fire alarm system that they requested. Uh, you know, we, we wouldn't be in here if it wasn't for Mark and Baker. Mark and Baker, uh, we would have been out of business, and we wouldn't exist. Between you guys and God, the affordable wouldn't exist and couldn't expand. Um, uh, tell, go, you take it over. I'm, as I'm as a member of Malk and Baker, I love hearing words like that. Tell me more. In in what way did uh, now? I was not personally involved in this case. I think it was Andy Norman that was lead attorney at the time. Uh, how did Andy work with you on that? What what was he doing? Well, what happened was the the we got our license uh, from the state, and the state requires uh, the two thousand life safety code, which don't require sprinkler systems. The city still trying to enforce the sprinkler system, and Mark and Baker and Andy went and and you guys took on our case, and uh, in federal court we sued the city and the. Uh, Judge Dow ruled back that we follow strict rules and regulations by the state according to their codes and their licensing, and the, the state of Illinois does not need the Lyland album regulator. So, they, so through that court action, you were able to stay in business, uh, and you have not put in the sprinkler system, although you have put in a, a fire alarm system and other other measures in order to take care of the. Um, fire uh, hazard that may occur at some point in any building. Is that correct? Yeah, there's yeah. a lot more to it than that. But, uh, yeah, it pretty much wraps it up. Yeah. Uh, you're Again, the, the, go ahead, system, the sprinkler system, uh, they always claim it saves lives. So, yeah, it might if the person's bedridden or something. But um, the sprinkler system, the, the, they go off after 165 degrees. Well, most people can't stay in a room that, that, that hot. With sage lights are the smoke detectors and the fire alarms. Those are uh, right away. I mean, uh, and they're out of the building. And actually, we, we, have, we have 200 people here. We, we're all out of the building within less than four minutes. And we try it. We do drills and everything. It's, it's pretty, again, we're, we're not a, a custodial care. Right. Each people, uh, our people go and they have jobs. They pay their own way. Uh, you're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of Malkin Baker, and we're speaking with John and Mary Jo Dunlevy, founders of Affordable Recovery Housing. Well, John and Mary Jo, I promised you that I would be uh, an equal opportunity person here. So, Mary Jo, how do you get into a ministry uh, helping the homeless and, and those struggling with uh, drug addiction? What brought the two of you into this thing? Well, I met John in 1996, and uh, we, we were dating. And then uh, him and I uh, got into an addiction of, of crack cocaine together. And it lasted for quite a few years. And to make a long story short, we would go into treatment, come out, and do the same thing over again. And it wasn't until we decided that we needed to work on ourselves and not be in a relationship, have communications, that it worked. Um, he was in one, he had the uh, Harvey House for affordable recovery housing, and I was in another facility. And for three years, we were separated, and uh, both of us worked on our own programs. And then after three years, 
we got together, got married, and uh, started to build up affordable recovery housing because we felt like we have to return the blessing that was so freely given to us. And, and understanding the relationship part of recovery is really important to the men and women that we share our experience with them, that sometimes love isn't enough, that you have to work on yourselves first in order to love someone else. Well, what I'm hearing behind this, I, uh, another one of my clients, by the way, has been Restoration Ministries, which Harvey House is a part of, and I and I'm very aware of their work. Uh, very impressed. Yeah, and love them dearly, uh, Ray Banks and and their whole organization. Um, but as I but as you're talking, I'm hearing that there's an element of faith within this ministry as well. Absolutely. Um, I I could speak for John and myself that. We've we've talked many a times that we believe that this has been God's work through us. Um, It's funny to say this, but I think that we were both supposed to have that addiction, that we were both supposed to meet. I don't believe anything happens in God's world by accident. And his mission for us was to go through those struggles together in order for us to open up this facility and share our experience, strength, and hope because we've gone through it. And I, I just believe that this was God's plan from the moment that we were born, that we would meet and build this ministry. So, there, yeah, John, go ahead right away. Um, there was, there, and I won't say any of them, but uh, there are so many God stories that happened right. that portable that kept our doors open that uh, uh, weren't accidents. They were, they were all God. That's all I have to say. Well, John, here's where I am. We're coming close to uh, having to end this show, and you've just actually begun the show. We're going to bring you back on if you're willing, and, and we'll talk about some of those God things that happened in your ministry. Um, but what I'm hearing also is this isn't merely a job. This isn't merely a profession. This is a calling that you have. And, and, and it's something you won't let go because it's something that God started in you. Is that, is that Without an accurate? a doubt. Well, Without a doubt. All right, let me do I this. Mean, you always, let me do you this. Because, believe that. Right. Uh, we're running out of time, and I want to make sure that people know how to get a hold of you. So how to, give me a number. Give me an email. Tell me how people can get a hold of you. Okay, we have the central intake number, which is 708-299-0758. We also have a 1-800-HOMELESS number that's through the state of Illinois. It's 1-800-HOMELESS, and that's 800-466-3537. Our website is www.affordablerecovery.org. Thanks, Mary Jo and John. I'm Rich Baker, the law firm of Mauk and Baker. If you like the legal perspective you heard, you can contact us at Mauk and Baker. Our number is 312-726-1243 or contact us at maukbaker.com. Gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.